the last few weeks we've been going through the story. Actually, it's been quite a time now we've been going through the story. And what is the story all about? The story is really the story of the Bible. It's a story of God going to great lengths to rescue a lost and hurting people. God's great love affair with humanity. For 25 Sundays now, we've been traveling through the Bible, studying story after story of men and women from the past who were loved and touched by God. Right from Adam and Eve, uh, we went through Abraham and Moses as the, all of the posters on the wall here indicate. We went right through uh, the Israelites' journey through the desert, uh, the kings and the prophets, uh, and ordinary people. All ordinary people. Their stories went picture by picture through their stories uh, of how God dealt with them. But besides all of these stories, there is an overarching story that we've been watching too. The upper story of God's great plan and love for mankind. And you know, in that big picture, we saw that it wasn't an accident. Right from the beginning, right on through, it was God loving and caring now we're coming down to the point where the story, the lower story, and this large story up above here are joining and coming down. When God sent his son, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and he came as Jesus, born in the manger, and we take it through to his great sacrifice. So today, we're going to understand his unfailing love and his faithfulness to us by studying those last hours, the hour of darkness is what this is meant. And in our book, it's chapter 26. We're going to talk about those last few hours and the different lessons that we can learn and that great sacrifice that Jesus made. Let's just get into the story. Uh, it was the time for the Passover. And Jesus and his disciples needed a place to celebrate the Passover. So Jesus told Peter and John, go into the city and uh, find, you'll find a man carrying a water jug and follow him and when you, he will lead you to the house and ask the master of the house if the guest room's prepared. Interesting. Men didn't usually carry water so maybe this guy stood out as they came into the city and they saw uh, him carrying the water jug and they followed him, and sure enough, when they asked the master, he said, yes, I have the guest room all prepared. He had this upper room that was all prepared. God has a wonderful plan. So they joined themselves. They, they came there that evening, and uh, they, they went in, and they sat around as they would sit uh, in, in uh, that culture on the floor with low tables, and they were preparing to have their, their Passover supper together. And then Jesus does a very strange thing. He gets up, he takes off his outer garment, he goes and gets a basin of water, puts on a towel, and he comes in and he begins to wash their feet. It was the culture, their culture, because they walked on um, dusty streets, wearing sandals, that you would wash your feet. Or when you came to someone's house, pardon me, they would wash your feet, somebody from their house. Usually a servant would come and wash the feet. Sometimes a family member would wash their feet before they went in and sat down. And uh, yet, this room had been lent to them. There was no servant out there. There was no family member. So I can kind of imagine as they came in, it was probably um, Nathaniel looking over and thinking, hmm, 
Thomas, maybe should wash my feet, uh, or, or Peter thinking, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to wash John's feet, uh, you know, and nobody, nobody was willing to wash anybody's feet. So they just went in and sat down. And now Jesus comes, and he begins to wash their feet. I imagine they just sat there kind of shocked. How is it possible? This is the job of a servant. And, and what? Why is he doing that? And of course, when he gets to Peter, Peter always had to speak out, No, no, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Uh, uh, no, no. And then Jesus says, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, then you're outside of the plan. You're not really into what, I wanted, what I'm doing here. And, and, and Peter didn't want to be left outside of that. So he said, no, no, no. He said, uh, uh, wash me. Wash my, my head, my hands. Wash, wash everything. Jesus said, no, no. You just need washing from this daily travel. You're clean, but that daily dirt and dust that's stuck on your feet, that's all that's needed. What was actually happening there? What's the lesson for us today on the, the washing of the feet? Should we all go out and wash our, each other's feet? Actually, there's a number of lessons that, that came through this. Um, first of all, it was the attitude. Jesus showed them, because at the end he said, I've done this for you. I've bowed down. I've served you. Serve each other. That servant's attitude. Do you have a servant's attitude? You know, we get so into, this is my job and that's your job and I don't mess with me. This is all I'm going to do. Um, around our house, we've gone through a number of things in this last little while. Um, I know, probably most of you know that my wife has been suffering with a back injury and uh, needed a, a back surgery. And I want to thank you for everyone who's prayed for her. About three weeks ago, her operation it was a success, and now, uh, little by little, uh, she's gaining her strength, and we're thankful for that, and we thank you, everyone who's prayed for her. Um, but as we were leaving the hospital, actually, as the doctor came the last time to uh, release her from the hospital so I could bring her home, uh, she, kinda, she asked him, uh, what can I do and what can't I do? And he kind of laughingly says, oh, you want me to say you can't do the dishes, you can't do the laundry, you can't vacuum, you can't do all those things. And I'm going, hey, I've got that, I've got that. I'm going to serve. And, uh, you know, I've learned how to sort the, the laundry, uh, how to wash it, how to dry it, how to, uh, how to fold it, and how to put it away. And they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I think you can. But the servant end of it, we get into these things, well, that's not my job. Jesus was showing we need to serve each other. We need to serve. Who have you been serving lately? Now that so many of us have been in lockdown, it gets a little bit close and we need... Are you serving those in your house? Are you serving those around you? Are you serving, thinking about people? Now, it's a little hard to go and do certain things. Uh, like washing their feet or, or even making contact. Uh, you can make contact, but going physically to do these things. But are you thinking about, are you texting? Are you emailing? Are, are, you, are you caring? That servant attitude. Do we have that servant attitude these days? Then there's the side of being served. I don't know if you've ever washed somebody's feet. Uh, in Central America, during, in some of our retreats, we would do a foot washing. And you know what I discovered? I discovered that for me it was easier to wash somebody else, else's feet than to have them wash my feet. I don't know if it's just my pride or whatever, whatever it was, but it was, a, it was a shock to me. I realized 
this is hard. And I want to ask you, maybe you have some needs and you won't let someone serve you. you no, no, I, I've got this. In, I've got this. So the flip side of that is, are you willing to be served? If you have a need uh, in these days, if you have a need and you, you need someone to go and get groceries, this thing, give us a call. We have people who are willing to serve, but you have to be willing to be served. And then the last little thought about Jesus washing the feet was, he said, this is, a, this is something, a daily thing that needs to be done. And uh, Peter, you don't need a, a whole cleansing, but you need your daily things to be washed. And I just ask you, are you conscious of that daily entering into the Lord's presence and saying, Lord, uh, help me today. I'm sorry for this and, and, and be, being washed. And you say, well, I can't go out and do much. But you know, it's usually our mind and our thoughts that need to be washed. Maybe it's what you watched last night on TV or on your Netflix and all the rest of it. Uh, maybe there's a time that we need to stop and say, yeah, Lord, help me. Give me strength. Forgive me. Cleanse me. And he's willing to do that. Well, let's hurry on that evening. Those last hours that Jesus spent with his disciples uh, in that upper room were so important. There were one other thing that happened there that was so uh, extremely important was as they were eating the meal, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. And then later on, he took the cup, even like we've done here this morning, uh, to uh, take the cup and, and this is my the blood that's shed for you. Now, they didn't understand what was going on. They'd been eating and Jesus does this. I don't think it was till later that all of a sudden they realized what he was talking about because they didn't really, really understand that he was going to die, that within a few hours he was going to be dead and his body was going to be broken and his blood was going to flow out. But we call what he established there, he said, this is the new covenant. We call it communion or the Lord's table, the Lord's supper. But he said, this is... A, the new covenant. Well, what was he talking about? As we've been studying in the Old Testament, all of the different uh, ages through there, there were sacrifices that were offered. It was a sacrifice because he'd made a covenant with Abraham. And under that, and Moses uh, fulfilled a huge area of that covenant and, and outlined so many things. And they walked in that, but there were sacrifices that were made continually, continually in the Old Covenant to cover sin. I was just calculating the other day and uh, reading through some of the sacrifices that they had to sacrifice, and it was literally hundreds and hundreds and thousands of animals were killed every year to cover. Sacrificial covering by innocent animals. And that was the old covenant. But Jesus was opening up a new covenant, a brand new covenant, where one man, one sinless man, was going to die and shed his blood so that our sins could be wiped away and washed away. So he established that. And that's what we remember when we partake of the cup and of the, of the bread. We remember what Jesus did. It's a remembrance. And he established that that night. And then they finished their meal. They sang a hymn and they left. And on their way out, Jesus said, let's go over to the garden. Uh, we, I need to pray. And so as they're walking there... Uh, Jesus makes a very interesting uh, declaration. He says, 
Tonight all of you will desert me, for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. And after I'm raised from the dead, I'll go before you into Galilee. Peter got all upset. Peter said, even if everyone deserts you, even if everybody goes away, I will be with you. I will, I will follow you. I will take care of you. I'll never desert you. And Jesus replied, to tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times that you don't even know me. No, Peter insisted. Even if I die, even if I have to die with you, I'll never deny you. And it's interesting. All the other disciples said the same thing. They get to the garden. Jesus is very, very burdened. He leaves all but three of his disciples, and he takes Peter, James, and John with him a little further ahead and says, pray with me, pray with me. He says, watch with me, watch with me. And as he began to pray, a horrendous battle starts. The enemy attacks him in an incredible way. He is just overcome with a, a, a mental, spiritual attack that the enemy is so, so strong that he says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And they all went to sleep. Even the three that were set aside went to sleep. And Jesus, in his agony and going through this torment, was by himself. I think the lesson here is, are you watching and praying? Or are we just sleeping in these days? These are days we need to be watching and aware and crying out because there are some very agonizing things happening in our world. He came back to Peter and James and John and he said, woke them up. He said, can't you even watch with me one hour? Can't you just help me? Can't you just spend this time with me for one hour? And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they went back to sleep. Every time he came back to them, that was the response. We're so thankful. After the, the, that battle had gotten so horrendous and Jesus cried out and he sweat drops like drops of blood and uh, an angel came. He won the victory. And here's all the disciples just laying around. Of course, they just had this nice big meal and, 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 and they were tired. It was, it was evening, it was nighttime and they're, they're having a sleep. And they would not watch, not even an hour. I challenge you. How's your prayer life? Now maybe some of you are in isolation. You're getting bored. Spend some time in, in, in prayer. Spend some time in his presence and battle through. There are a number of things that you can battle through in these days. Let's not neglect it. And the angel comes and ministers to Jesus and Jesus realizes, okay, it's time for the next phase. And here are these disciples sleeping and all of a sudden, and it's dark, their eyes are, are, are uh, when they wake, they open up, their eyes have been accustomed to the darkness. 
And here are torches and a whole group of men coming. And all of a sudden there's huge confusion. And Jesus knows what's going on, but they are totally uh, out of sync with what's going on. And Peter jumps up and he's going to defend his Lord. He's there under attack. He pulls out his sword and he, he goes for the servant of the high priest, cuts his ear off. And I don't know if it was just dangling there, if it actually fell to the ground. And Jesus says, Peter, Peter, just a minute. Just a minute. We can't fight a spiritual battle in a physical way. He didn't say that directly, but that's what he was meaning. He said, no, that's not the way we do things. He picks the guy's ear up, puts it back on, and heals it. I've always wondered, what happened to that guy? Did he just turn around and go home? Or did he continue with the attack on Jesus? But after having his ear cut off and put back on, I think he probably just became a follower of the Lord. Who knows? But Peter... In his own strength, I will be with you, I will be with you. We can't fight spiritual battles in a physical human effort. With physical human effort. Spiritual battles have to be fought in the spirit by the anointing and power of of the Holy Spirit. But Peter, confused, trying to use his own physical effort, was very disappointed. And then Jesus says, okay, I am the one you want. Let these ones go. And the, the disciples all ran away, Peter included. They all just took off. It was, we've got to get out of here. We don't know what's going on. Peter followed far off, it says. And then he came closer, but even... A little girl asks him, weren't you with them? And he denies it. Another one asks him, no, I didn't. And then he begins to curse and swear, I don't know that so-and-so. I don't know. And then he heard the rooster crow. Very interesting. It says he heard that. He stopped. He remembered everything that Jesus had said. He had said he was going to do this and this and this and this. And Jesus said, no, you're going to deny me. No, no, I never will. What are the things that you've said? I'll never do. I'll never go there. I'll never do that. I'm not going to have that anymore. I'm not going to look at that anymore. I'm not going to take that anymore. I'm not going to drink that anymore. I'm not going to do this. And you just haven't had strength to do it. You find yourself failing. We have to turn those things over to the Lord Jesus to give us the strength. Peter needed that presence of the Lord in his life. And he denied it. And it says he went out and he wept bitterly. Bitterly. It's interesting. Uh, last week, Pastor Steve was talking about guilt and how guilt can destroy a person. And here was Peter. He had said he was going to do this and this and he couldn't. The guilt that came upon him. It's interesting that we see at the crucifixion, John was there and the women were there. But we don't see Peter. We don't know if Peter was there. Maybe he was still afar off. Or maybe, we don't know. Maybe he went and hid himself because he was in such remorse. Did Jesus, Jesus, he denied him? Oh, did he care? Did Jesus really care about him or anything? Just kind of a little glimpse ahead. The morning of Jesus' resurrection. When the women came to the tomb and when they, when, when they rise, they, they came and, and they, they saw this, uh, it says this young man dressed in white was sitting on the right side and they were very alarmed. And uh, he said, don't be alarmed. Uh, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. 
uh, who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him? But go and tell his disciples and Peter. Okay, if you've denied the Lord, you've gone off and done some things and you're so sorry of those, take it to him. He loves you. He loved Peter. He'd already forgiven Peter. He knew that Peter was going to walk that way. He knew our weaknesses. He knows your weakness. Go to it. Confess it to him. Say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. He cared about Peter. He really did. Back to those last hours. Out of the garden, they take him. And they have uh, the religious leaders of, of the time have this trial that was at all night long, uh, which was very illegal. They were not to have a trial at night. Uh, they had people telling false witnesses. Everything was twisted. Everything was upside down. And then they had all of the political side of it. Uh, they took him to Pilate and they had to run it through the, the Romans to get the Romans to kill him because they couldn't kill him. And, and, and there were so many things that were twisted as the hours went by all night long. And in the morning when they took him to Pilate and here's Jesus, uh, just quiet, not saying things. We're going to read a little bit. He was silent like uh, a lamb before the slaughter, just didn't say anything. And he allowed all of this to happen. He could have done a different way. He could have called thousands and thousands of angels to come. He didn't do it. But the rest of that day wore on and uh, it went from bad to worse. Finally, Pilate comes out and says, okay, you want Barabbas released and that instead of this man, what am I supposed to do with him? And they began to cry, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And then Jesus, he was mocked, crown of thorns on his head, blood running down, um, whipping, tearing apart. And then he had to carry that crossbeam all the way up. I'm not going to talk a lot about the crucifixion, but if you're interested in that, I was just checking out uh, a year ago, uh, right about this time, uh, I, I spoke on things of the crucifixion and how the crucifixion, how horrendous it really was. Uh, so if you'd like to listen to that, you can go back to the podcast. Uh, I think it was April 1st, 2019. The crucifixion was a horrendous. Um, it was something that was one of the worst ways you could cause a person to die. You know, in our society and in the, the past um, executions and things like that uh, were done by a firing squad. You get 10 men all shooting at one person, they die. Hanging, where they drop and your neck is broken and you're dead. Um, a fellow by the name of Guillotine wanted to make uh, executions easier, so he built a machine a blade that would drop and cut their heads off. And it carried his name. But the crucifixion was meant to make people suffer for a long period of time. Hanging a person who had already been beaten and their blood had run out and their strength was down, but hanging them there really was not an instant death. It was 
would take hours and sometimes days for a person to, to die. And all that time, extreme, agonizing, excruciating pain. But Jesus didn't hang there for hours and hours and hours and hours to die. He actually died very rapidly. And I've often thought about this. What really, what really caused Christ's death? What killed him? Can you imagine one who had no sin? Jesus was born sinless. The Bible tells us that Adam and Eve sinned and we inherited that sin. There was no man, no one that's righteous, nobody. There was no mankind that didn't have sin. We are concerned about uh, a virus, catching a virus. We all inherited and were born with sin. There was no sinless one. And Jesus, God's son, was born without any sin. And he lived without sinning. And now that sinless one was taking on all the sin of the world. Can you imagine all the horrendous things of this world being put on him at once? All the hate all the lies, the deceit, all the greed and anger, all the jealousy, all the selfishness, all the self-pride and rebellion and murder, all the rape and all the dark, hideous perversion, all the wickedness, all the rejection of God and everything that he desired for us, that was the sin realm that fell on the Lord Jesus as he hung on that cross. And the worst was the separation from God. Adam and Eve's sin separated us from that intimate relationship with God that they had in the garden. Every night he would walk with them and they would talk and they would have uh, such intimate fellowship and that was broken when they sinned. Now hanging on the cross. That's why he cried out, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? That horrendous tearing apart, destroying sin came upon him and crushed him. His heart was broken. When the soldier came and speared him, this water flowed out. His heart was broken because the sinless one took on all our sin. You know, hundreds of years before that, Isaiah wrote that that was going to happen. Here's what Isaiah says in Isaiah 53. 3 to 6. He was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. It was 
And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. What killed Jesus was your sin and my sin. But you know the wonderful thing, that sacrifice, it wasn't a lamb that just covered uh, the sins for a period of time. This sacrifice was one that removed and totally took away our sins. And all we have to do is admit, number one, I'm a sinner. Please, Lord Jesus, I have sinned. Please forgive me. And then receive it. Now I know so many of you are listening to me today. You, that, that's happened in your life. You did that maybe a long time ago and he's come in and he's forgiven you and all of those sins and things have been taken away. You need to praise him this morning. But maybe you're listening to me and you're saying, I, 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 I don't really understand. And you just say, whoa, have you sinned? He paid the price for your sins. The Lord laid on him all of your sins. All you have to do is admit it and cry out, I'm a sinner, please forgive me. Oh, and he will. He promised to. And he will not lie. You know, these days, we hear more about death than I can ever remember. Every night, as soon as you turn on the TV or during the day some of you are watching all day long the numbers of who are dying how many are dying world around how many are dying in Canada and, and death is in our face like never before but really the only death that we really need to be concerned about was the death of the Lord Jesus Christ when he died for our sins and we need to thank him we need to receive that if you have been just kind of off doing your own thing. It's time to come back and confess our sins and ask him to forgive us because he took all of our sins on him. He paid the price. That's what killed him. The Lamb of God that was sacrificed, the sinless one that was sacrificed to remove all our sins because there was no man, no human that didn't have sin. He was the only one. So he took it and we can be forgiven. As we think about death, I want to challenge you. Are you allowing him to be the Lord of your life and death really doesn't matter that much? Or are you extremely afraid of death because you need to repent and ask him to forgive your sins? You can do that. Just pray like this. Lord Jesus, thank you that you went on that cross and you took all of my sins. Please forgive me. I want you to be the Lord of my life and help me to live and love and serve you, Lord. And if you've known the Lord, 
Maybe you need to say this to him, Lord, I worship you because of what you did. I thank you. I am so filled with gratitude because you paid the price. You went on the cross. You allowed all of my sins to crush and destroy you. And you have given me life and life eternal. You've given me that living water that flows out continually. You have given me the light to live by. You've given me all of that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In closing, I'd like to mention this. If you've been fearful and concerned, you need to remember what the Lord said. After he died and rose again, when he left the disciples, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And that where I am, there you may be also. Don't let your heart be worried or concerned or troubled. He's got plans for us. We've seen and heard about a lot of deaths. But if you're forgiven, your sins have been washed away, we have to rejoice and say, Lord, I want to, I want to trust you in these days. I'm not going to fear because I know that you've got great things prepared for me. Fantastic things prepared for me. I thank you, Lord. Jesus died on the cross, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again, and that's next week. That's next week. We're going to celebrate his resurrection. The rest of the story, the next chapter of the story is exciting. Today's story was talked about and has been labeled as the darkest hour. But we're going to celebrate because he didn't stay dead. He rose and he lives and he loves us and he's taking care of us. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, I thank you for allowing my sin to crush and destroy you and your sinless one. As a sinless one, you took it all on you. Thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. And I pray for each one who's watching and listening this morning, that you would put peace in our hearts as we love and serve you. And for those who are concerned because they've never admitted that they are the sinful ones who need your forgiveness, help them, help them to cry out to you. We give you the praise and the glory because you are awesome, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. There are people waiting to talk to you. If you need prayer, the phone number's on the screen. Call, and we will pray with you. If you've been very fearful, or if you would like to uh, uh, say, yes, I, 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 I prayed what Doug was talking about. I asked the Lord to forgive me, and you just want to share that with us. Please call. Please call. There are people waiting to talk to you. Thank you so much. The Lord bless you.